Welcome to the Social Feed Podcast. I'm your host, Missy. Thank you for listening. In this episode, we meet with Heidi Brennigan, who is the Chief Marketing Officer at Animal Emergency and Referral Center of Minnesota. And we got to talk about, oh, so many cute animals. <laughs> I'm sad that she didn't bring any animals in, but. I know. I was like, wait, I'm like, is she going to pull like a, a turtle or like a bunny out of her purse? And I'm like, whoo. Uh, but it was really fascinating just everything she has to deal with from, you know, social media. And I mean, she's in a really intense industry because yeah. it's emergency veterinarian services. But so. it's also a cute industry with puppies and kitties and everything. And so she talks a lot about how she balances both of those um, in all of their social media and digital marketing. And also how like she likes posts about education, but then of course the cute fun stuff as yep. well, like featuring pets every week. So let's get into this week's episode number 92, Monkeys, Dogs, and Turtles, Tips on Marketing for the Pet Care Industry. This episode is sponsored by Popcorn. Throwing a party and looking for a unique and delicious tasty treat? Weddings, company parties, corporate thank you gifts, whatever the occasion, Popcorn has a perfect complement to your event. Over 70 flavors to choose from. Call or go online to order. PopcornMN.com. Thank you, Heidi, for being on the podcast today. You're welcome. Um, so I'm just going to jump right into it. Tell us a little bit more about the Animal Emergency and Referral Center of Minnesota. Yes. So um, Animal Emergency and Referral Center of Minnesota has been around for a little over 40 years now. And we are located in St. Paul and in Oakdale. Our main specialty hospital is in Oakdale. We have um, about 18 different specialists, about 15 different emergency vets, and a total of about 180 staff. And we don't do any wellness care for pets, so we don't do any of the vaccines or heartworm tests or spays and neuters. What we do is support referring vets, um, family veterinarians, when they have a case that maybe maybe your dog's been vomiting for two weeks and your family vet is a little bit stumped, then they would send your pet to see one of our specialists, like a veterinary internist. And we have um, advanced diagnostic capabilities, so we have like a CT scanner and an MRI, um, ultrasound, those kinds of things. And um, because our cert- our specialists are board certified, mm-hmm. you know, they have um, specialized experience too around matters like that. So we're kind of a resource for family veterinarians. But we also like to make the general public aware that we're even around because a lot of pet owners don't even recognize that specialty care is available for their pets. I Yeah, until... We started talking, I was like, I didn't know that either. (laughs) Exactly. That's amazing. Yeah, I'll go to events um, for the general public and and they'll be like, there's dermatologists and cardiologists for pets? How weird. (laughs) But yeah, we're there and um, if that level of care is needed, we can provide that. So you guys have like physical therapy resources and stuff for dogs for rehabilitation and everything too, right? Yes, we have what we call a sport and strength department and they will see uh, geriatric pets. They will see... um, canine athletes so these dogs that do fly ball and herding and just have to be in tip-top performance shape all the time and they will see post-surgical pets so if your dog has a hip surgery and then needs um, therapy to get back into um, whatever shape he needs to be into then we can we can do that too yeah so from a social media standpoint um, you have a Facebook page you have a Twitter account and you guys have almost had 8,000 fans on the Facebook page so what what strategies have you done to grow that? And I mean, you get to post pictures of pets, which is probably yeah. a, a great way to get some social content. And so yeah. how, do, how do you um, kind of grow that brand? Well, um, I have a wonderful marketing assistant, Janine, who uh, is really in tune with uh, our fans and our audience, which is great. We have worked on our brand really hard and... Um, 
it's very well defined. Like there's no question in my mind or in hers what our brand is and it's easy for us to promote that. And as you said, I mean, pets are kind of ready made for social media. Um, I do, I, I speak for um, our family vets. Sometimes um, they'll have practice managers come in and, and I'll do continuing education for them. And I always tell them, you know, we were gifted with this amazing topic that it's a it's a family member and it's adorable and it loves you forever. And um, what's easier than that to promote on social media? And so um, we have great photos. We um, we also promote our own team a lot. Um, at least once a week, we we focus on a team member and give them kudos uh, because we have a, a really strong culture and we like to show our appreciation for the people who work at our clinics. Mm -hmm. We have a, a featured pet every Friday. Um, we just provide a lot of really informative and quality content, I think. Mm -hmm. And we have a blog every week that's usually on a pet topic, um, either health or, um, you know, sometimes it's just for fun, like best cr Christmas gifts for your pet or something like that. But uh, I think that the main thing that has helped us grow that audience is um, providing the really good quality content. We also try to make clients aware that that we um, are on social media. Mm -hmm. And that helps too. If, if someone knows that their pet's going to be on our Facebook page on a Friday, you know, they're going to, they're going to share that yeah. and their friends are yeah. going to, going to like our page. Yeah. And so that's an easy way for us to grow content too, is kind of making superstars of our, of our clients' pets. Cause they really enjoy that. Love that. Um, as far as coming up with, you mentioned the blog that you're writing, do you, how do you come up with ideas for that? Are you just, is it just kind of following other brands? Is it Google searching? Um, again, I, I credit Janine with a lot of, of that. She creates a blog calendar at the beginning of the year. And um, since she doesn't have a medical background, she can be a little more in tune with what the average pet owner might want to know. And she creates just a top a list of topics, you know, um, five things that you weren't aware were toxic to your pet or something like that. And, um, and she just comes up with, you know, 52 topics at the beginning of the year. And then we kind of farm those out to, um, sometimes our emergency vets, sometimes our specialists write those topics. Every once in a while, the veterinary technician will contribute. And then the non-medical ones, either Janine or myself will write too. Awesome. Yeah. So with the different like pets, do you ever have like where you'll feature a pet one week and someone's like, oh, why didn't my pet get featured? I feel like that would be a thing with pet owners, you know? I feel like it should be, but it hasn't been. <laughs> okay, well, that's, that's good. I'm like, yeah. I, like, I'm just wondering if there's any. My dog's cute, so you should <laughs> yeah, feature like, my why dog. Why isn't my yeah. dog on there? <laughs> yeah, there haven't thus far been any hard feelings that I'm aware of. Have you had any like a little bit of like community management issues where maybe someone commented on the page and you had to deal with maybe a negative situation or experience and how did you handle that? Absolutely. Um, we walk a really fine line that I'm always aware of that we have these amazing fans who are devoted pet owners. They also, um, like most animal lovers, can get really incensed and passionate really quickly. And we don't want to manipulate that. Um, so I'm really careful to stay away from topics like animal abuse um, or neglect. You know, sometimes there are stories that come out about things like that. And we just steer clear of that because I'm not here to incense anybody and generate that kind of negativity on our page. So um, we're very careful with that, number one. Number two, whenever we share something about a pet, we're also really, really careful um, to 
share that, you know, accidents happen. For example, you know, we'll have an owner come in whose dog got into their ibuprofen and he pulled it out of their purse. And, you know, these kinds of things can happen to anyone. We see it all the time. And so we make sure that our audience knows there's no blame being placed here Mm -hmm. and we're not trying to make anybody feel bad. We just want other owners to be aware that these things happen and then hopefully make other pets safer by, Mm -hmm. by sharing that information. Um, So there's just kind of a delicate dance that we do all the time to make sure that things remain positive. Um, I also feel like I, uh, I'm an English major. And Mm -hmm. so I, you know, I, I have a, an understanding of, of language mm-hmm. and communication. And so if somebody sort of takes a negative uh, bent, my first approach will be to say, you know, thank you so much for your comment. And this is why, you know, it's this way. Or I'll say, you're absolutely right. And this, you know, and so try to um, put a positive spin on whatever it is that they've said. How did you get into this this position? <laughs> when you uh, mentioned English major, I was yeah. like, how did you get to this role? Yeah, it's kind of interesting. I um, I started working at vet clinics when I was 13 uh, and volunteering at the Minnesota Zoo um, at that age too. And so I've always ended up working around animals. When I was young, I, I thought I wanted to teach English at the college level. Mm-hmm. And then I did um, an English degree and I was like, I'm overdoing college. <laughs> I, I don't want to keep going. Yeah. And so I, uh, I started working at the Animal Humane Society in Golden Valley. Mm -hmm. and I was what they call a humane educator where you take animals out to schools and you talk to kids about being responsible pet owners and bite prevention and that was really fun. Oh yeah, that sounds super fun. It was a great job because when you take a dog into a school, you're instantly the most popular person there. Of course, yes. Second most popular next to the dog. (laughs) Exactly, exactly. And so um, that was really fun but it was also non-profit and so I really couldn't live on that wage forever And, um, and so I started working at emergency vet clinics in more of an administrative position mm-hmm. and um, eventually um, our our clinic kind of formalized a lot of the roles and um, since I was kind of part-time doing finance and kind of part-time doing marketing finance wasn't my strong suit and we just said you know what we could use marketing full-time at this point and so it was just a, a gradual progression honestly so with, because you mentioned that, that um, you guys have been around for about 40 years now. Mm-hmm. How did that come to be with that making, you're almost like, like that you're that connector between everything? Um, you mean how did the clinic come Yeah, how did the, to be? the animal emergency? Yeah, so um, we are unique in that we are the only locally owned emergency and specialty practice still remaining in the state of Minnesota. And so how we started was basically about 10 different family veterinarians decided um, 40 years ago that they were tired of having to take emergency cases after hours, wanted a work-life balance, um, put some money into uh, building an emergency practice and hired an emergency staff just for that. And we started off with like one doctor and two technicians and out of a, a small clinic on University Avenue over by the Capitol mm-hmm. and um, and grew from there. So um, those original owners, a lot of them have retired. Some of them are still owners mm-hmm. and we've added to that. So now we have about 45 family vets who own us and in addition to um, some of our employee doctors our owners as well and like I said um, we're kind of the last bastion of local ownership in emergency and specialty practice in Minnesota we're really proud of that because we feel like we're accountable to the community and if people have you know complaints or concerns with us then um, you know 
we owe it to the family vets who refer to us to resolve those issues and to try to make people happy. And we work really hard at customer service and, and making pet owners um at least if it's not a good experience coming to an emergency clinic, we yeah. try to make it as, as pleasant as it can be. So I want to go back to, you're talking about mentioning on social media and blogs and stuff. You try to keep, keep things positive and fun. And with pets, it's usually pretty easy. But like you just mentioned, people that are coming to you are coming to you with some sometimes pretty serious issues, which right. are not happy. Right. Obviously, the end result, you're trying to make happy and everything. But how do you how do you tell those stories when you know that this is not the ideal situation for them yes, to be in. That's an excellent question. And again, it's it's very delicate. Um, when I'm sharing, for instance, a featured pet on Friday, um, I will go down to the treatment area or my assistant will go down to the treatment area and we'll talk to the staff. And um, and honestly, we, we're very selective about the pets that we choose. Mm-hmm. And it's, um, it's primarily because I don't want a pet owner to be hurt by seeing a pet that ended up passing away at our practice mm-hmm. or shortly after they left. So we try to select pets that have a really positive prognosis and that are likely going to be going home and living long and happy lives. Yeah. Um, we're just very, very sensitive to our clients' feelings and, mm-hmm. and the fact that it is really hard for them to be um, at our clinic sometimes. And you know, it's interesting because, um, and I think this is true of most veterinary practices in general, but most of the thank you cards and pictures and things that we get are from people whose pets we've euthanized. And people are always surprised by that. But it's because it's really, um, it's an important time in people's lives. Mm -hmm. And it's really critical that that go well. Mm -hmm. And so we work really hard on, again, making that go as smoothly and um, as pleasantly as something like that can. And um, it's really an honor to be able to do that for people. Because again, um, that that experience can make or break um, their their ongoing um, grief process. Mm-hmm. If it doesn't go well, people really linger in that negative space for a long time, and it's hard for them to move on and yeah. heal. Mm-hmm. So we work really hard at making that um, go smoothly for people, and um, and I think our clients recognize that. That's interesting. Yeah. yeah. From just like, because I mean, we've spoke with a lot of different people who have different marketing roles at different businesses with, you know, one thing that I get when I get really stressed at Hubbard, I'm like, oh, you know, it's not like I'm saving lives here, but you truly are yeah. saving <laughs> lives. So when, how do you kind of decompress yourself and remove yourself and take those breaks that you need? Because you're, you're dealing with a lot of, again, very intense situations all the time. Right. Well, let me clarify first that I personally am not saving any lives. So <laughs> well, you're promoting. The I, 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 have, I, I credit all of our staff and our doctors with that. But, um, you know, that said, I, I see our staff go through a lot of hard things. Mm-hmm. And um, and yeah, there are that I have the benefit of being able to walk away and just say, OK, you know, this is too much for me and I, I can't mm-hmm. deal with this right now. And oftentimes they can't do that. Yeah. So we actually have a veterinary social worker who who's on staff and she is there part-time to support both our staff and our clients as needed. And um, she started with us about a year ago and I say over and over again, she's worth her weight in gold yeah, that's because amazing. yeah, she's wonderful. And um, you know, a lot of our staff, they see, you know, they see animals get hit by cars. They see, again, they will see abuse situations sometimes and um, they go through a lot of vicarious trauma 
If you come in and you've been traumatized because you've seen your dog get hit by a car and then you tell our staff that, then they experience that too. Um, And these are caregivers. They're they're in this job not to get rich um, because there's not a lot of money to be made in veterinary medicine, but they love what they do and they love animals. And so that's really hard for them. And, um, and so our, our social worker, her name's Colleen Crockford and Colleen is there to help them decompress and to go through it with them and help them find ways um, to care for themselves after they leave the hospital. Because sometimes it's a matter of, you know, you go home and you take a bubble bath and you have a beer Mm -hmm. and um, you just give yourself whatever you need because um, it is a tough job for people who love animals to do, to see them in these um, hard situations. At the same time, I think most of them would say that it's the best job in the world because on the flip side, you know, they get to save animals' lives, mm-hmm. and um, and clients are eternally grateful for that to them for um, for saving their family members. Love that. Uh, one thing you had mentioned a little bit earlier is how you had worked at the Minnesota Zoo when you were mm-hmm. younger, mm-hmm. and now you guys are partnering with the Minnesota Zoo. So <laughs> we are. That's amazing. Tell us a little more about that. <laughs> yeah, I couldn't be more excited. Comes full circle. Yeah, it really, <laughs> it really does. Um, I I started volunteering at the zoo, like I said, when I was thirteen, and mm-hmm. volunteered there for twenty five years. So I really feel like I kind of grew up at the zoo, and so very recently they approached us and said, um, we've heard that you guys provide the best specialty care in the state. We want to work with the best. And um, will you come work on our animals? And it took us about half a second to say, yeah, absolutely. We will do that. (laughs) So it's been really exciting. And um, so, so far, one of our cardiologists has done some echocardiograms and some other monkeys. And um, we have done an MRI on a lemur, and uh, there's other plans to do um, specialty care for some of the animals out there. But it's very, very exciting, and and uh, you know the zoo has such a cool mission to connect mm-hmm. people with the natural world and to save these amazing animals. So uh, we're just excited to be part of that. So will you be starting to incorporate that into your social content? Will we be seeing some monkeys? Yes, and absolutely. Like that on there? Yeah, as we provide care for those animals, then we'll be promoting that. Yeah, we've talked to the zoo's marketing department, and they're just fine with that. And um, and again, some of that experience with um, with again trying to be sensitive to clients needs it's 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 we do that with the zoo too you know we want to make sure that um that we prevent present everything in a positive light and um and so it's it's really fun and um it's exciting for us that they want to provide this level of care for their animals because we really think that we can be of service to them so i'm assuming that the zoo approaching you you don't just treat pets at home too or at 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 the clinics do you do you uh, farm animals, horses, and other stuff. Do you guys treat those, or how how does the zoo go? This emergency clinic should help treat our right. exotic animals, right? Well, um, we've always seen all different types of animals, with the exclusion of we don't see livestock simply because we just don't have the space. Sure. But we have seen um, all varieties of uh, companion animals. So we see small mammals, you know, guinea pigs, ferrets, rabbits. We see um, snakes, reptiles, birds, turtles. And we're actually adding a veterinarian July 8th who um, is going to become board certified in these kinds of critters as well. So that's very exciting for us. But like I said, for the history of our clinic, we've always been open to providing care for those animals. We just don't see primates um, or um, venomous 
snakes for obvious reasons. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. What's the yeah. most like unique animal that you've seen come in? I think um, critters like hedgehogs are really cool mm-hmm. as far as pets go. Uh, there's, you know, a vri- we've seen, um, there was kind of a period where sugar gliders were a popular pet. I don't even I, know what a sugar glider is. It, it looks a little bit like a flying squirrel. Oh, okay. Very, very cute. I do not advocate them as pets <laughs> at all. <laughs> but they were a fad for a time as gotcha. some pets are. Yeah. And so they're a little bit unusual. Um, we also see injured wildlife, though. So oh. if um, you know you find a turtle that's been hit by a car or something, mm-hmm. you can bring it to us. And we have some wildlife rehabilitators on staff. And if we can't provide the care, then we will transport the animal to either the Wildlife Rehabilitation Center in Roseville or the Raptor Center, depending on the type of pet. So we've seen you know hawks and owls and things like that too that people have brought into us. So yeah, just you name Wild. it, we've probably we've probably <laughs> seen it. <laughs> How many animals do you think you've serviced in the? 40 years. Oh my goodness. I, I couldn't miss. even begin to guess. We, <laughs> a lot. <laughs> a lot. Yeah. I mean, we keep track of case numbers and I believe we, we see somewhere in the neighborhood of um, 300 different cases a week. Oh my gosh. So wow. you know, multiply that by 40 years. Yeah. yeah a lot. <laughs> so how about, how about the education piece? Because mm-hmm. you, you mentioned a lot of what you do is just letting people know that you're there and that the different services that you offer right. should the, the need arise. How do you how do you use social media and blogs and digital marketing to educate? Um, yeah, we we um, a lot of different ways. Um, we have um, certain features on Facebook that will repeat. Um, Janine is doing right now what we call Specialty Saturday. So every Saturday she's focusing on not just the specialty department that we have, but a specific. Um, technology or piece of equipment. So um, for example, this Saturday, it's rehabilitation, and they're going to focus on the underwater treadmill, because not everybody knows that there are underwater treadmills for pets. And so, um, so that's one way. Uh, We try to make the education piece subtle and fun sure. because nobody wants to you know sit and learn on social media that's not <laughs> usually why why we're there so we mix in the education with the cute puppies and and kitties and the and the pets that we've seen again by you know sharing um, for example on Tuesday we'll have toxic Tuesday and it'll be you know did you know that macadamia nuts are poisonous to dogs? Or um, we had this patient who came in and they got poisoned and this is how that happened, like I said, with you know the dog getting in, into ibuprofen or something like that. So um, we're, we're pretty careful to not make it dry and boring and to try to just incorporate education into a lot of what we would normally share anyway. Sure. Yeah. What would you say is your main social network that you get the most traction from right now? It's definitely Facebook. Facebook. Uh, Instagram's growing Mm -hmm. and Pinterest is really helpful for us in that we put all our blogs on there and, um, you know, have a nice graphic and then people will often pin that content or share it with other people. And so, um, so Pinterest is, is promising as well, but primarily just for blogs. Instagram is kind of ready-made for us again because of the pet (laughs) pictures. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) So, so that's growing too, but currently it's definitely Facebook. And then are you doing any advertising on Facebook or Instagram? We have done a little bit. Yeah. Um, it's interesting because with our practice, it's a little bit different than your family vet because we can't provide um, 
20% off a visit or something like that, mm-hmm. because who knows when they're going to need an emergency or specialty visit. It's not really something that you necessarily plan for. Yes. Yep. So we don't do anything like that. And a lot of times with Facebook ads, there's a call to action. Mm-hmm. So I struggle with creating calls to action, but we have done some. And um, we have one going right now where I created an interactive dog park map. So for the summer, so people can go on there and see all the different dog parks in the Twin Cities. And then in the description of the map, there's a lot of safety tips because honestly, we see a lot of patients from incidents at dog parks. And so it's how to keep your dog safe while you're at the dog park. And then, of course, our clinics are on the map, too, should you need us if you're at a dog park. That's really good. How did you make that map? What did Uh, you use? It's interesting. I Googled how to create a a Google map of your own, and (laughs) it wasn't that hard. Yeah, and I am not technologically savvy, so um, it wasn't that challenging and um, so that's one thing we've done we also had a um, last a couple months ago I think we had a PDF that I created where it was a fillable fillable PDF that you could download and um, it was to give your pet sitter all of your information so you could put in like your family vets info Mm -hmm. um, and emergency vets info which hopefully would be us but it didn't have to be Mm -hmm. and then um, where important things were saved. So like you could put where the medical records are, where the leash is normally kept. And then it had a checklist if you were running to the emergency clinic of what you want to grab, because you wouldn't believe how often we have people come in and, you know, they're, they're so um, upset and... and um, panic. Yeah, or, exactly, mm-hmm. that they've literally left their purse at home. And so this is an easy, you know, you can look at this and you don't even have to think. And... Um, and it will help you in, if you're stressed out in an emergency. So something to put on the fridge or something like that. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. And then you guys are also doing some stuff with Cat Video Festival? We are, yes. We are often a sponsor pretty much. <laughs> I think from the since um, it started being at CHS Field, we've, yeah. we've been involved. It's it's a natural event for yep. us to be part of. Yeah. It's really nice, too, because it's in the East Metro, and that's where our clinics are located. So I go, and we usually have about six or seven staff members there, too. Mm-hmm. And it's really fun for them because they don't always get to do these public-facing events. Mm-hmm. And so we have people come up all evening saying, oh, I brought my cat, and you guys were amazing. And it's really good for them to come and hear that yeah. um, and get to talk to people. So we'll do giveaways um, We've done um, catnip giveaways, and uh, <laughs> last year we did a get, uh, make your own catnip toy. So people came up, and they were able to to make a little toy to take home awesome. with them, and we give away cat treats and things like that. But yeah, it's for, it's a fun event for those listening who don't know what Cat Video Festival <laughs> is. I would say it's very unique to Minnesota. Yeah, <laughs> um, and it is essentially it's a, a one night event, and there's I think about ten thousand people, ten to yep. twelve, yeah, ten to twelve thousand people come, and we watch cat videos. Yep. <laughs> And we have amazing sponsors like you guys that are part of that. And I feel like we need to do a podcast on Cat Video Festival. We Pat. should, yeah. It's That'd be fun. August, August and, every year, and yeah, it's just a fun night. And it's um, so our team at Hubbard Interactive helps put together the video for it. We're just collecting cat videos from the <laughs> internet and from <laughs> local people who want their cat featured in this. Right. And so it's it's about an hour's worth of mm-hmm. just you know ten to fifteen second clips of cats doing crazy things stupid (laughs) dumb (laughs) hilarious impressive things Mm -hmm. it's 
it's a, a wild night as a as a dog fan I, st- I still oh. don't totally understand this whole cat thing but it's an awesome night it is um i've brought my kids every year since it started and they're nine and twelve and um uh, both cat cat kids um we don't currently have any cats so they love to come and get their cat fix and yeah. um it's it's really it's it's super family friendly and it's a really fun event is there any other events that you, you had, I know you had mentioned earlier about other events that you guys do. What other ones do you sponsor in the community? Um, so other big one that we do is the Doggy Depot event yeah. at Union mm-hmm. Depot as part of the uh, Winter Carnival. Yeah. And that's, again, that's also really fun for us. And so we have a booth there. We're a big sponsor. And then typically one of our emergency vets will do one of the Q&As on stage for the for the crowd too, which is really fun. We um, will bring our own personal dogs sometimes. And, and this year we gave away... Um, little dental packets that had doggy toothpaste that's you know poultry flavored and a toothbrush and things like that because February is actually pet dental health month so the event is right before that so it's a good time for us to promote that that's um, another crazy event so many it is. so many people and dogs running around it is arguably more crazy because of so many dogs yeah. and it's amazing um we we always say you know we have a vet there so if there's an incident we're there <laughs> and i think um this year i don't think there was anything i think the previous okay. year there was there was an incident but no skin was broken no blood was shed so you know it's amazing that they 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 all come and they get along and there's rarely ever a scuffle so you had mentioned about the national pet month so yes. the social media holiday calendars mm-hmm. are a huge thing that lots of clients use so do you do things for like national cat day national dog day we national, do yeah and i feel like there'd be so many of those there's a million yeah how do you incorporate that into your strategy <laughs> Well, again, Janine takes all of this stuff and does a great job with it. Yeah. But just the other day, I was looking through a new, we get emailed these all the time mm-hmm. from different animal agencies. And, um, and I was looking at one and, and it was, um, you know, there's World Turtle Day. And yep. I mean, just very, um, uh, very kind of random sounding days. And, um, and so we do, we do create videos. We, um, Again, we use Canva as our as our um, artistic software mm-hmm. to create posts, yep. and we just have a lot of fun with all the different days. and And you're eventually going to hit somebody's interest. You know, we do have again, we we see all kinds of pets, and so although most of our content focuses on dogs and cats, we have um, rabbit owners and bird owners and people like that who are amongst our fans. And so it's always fun to do one of those days like, you know, bunny day or whatever it is and have all these bunny people like be like, yes, it's me. I get to post a picture of my rabbit. You know? um, I'll link in the show notes um, to the, there's this downloadable calendar I love from HubSpot and you literally downloads all the holidays into your own calendar. Sure. So I'll make sure to link to that for the listeners that want to check that out. That's fun. Pat, let's talk about video. Yeah, you mentioned video just a little bit, but what kind of video stuff do you do? Do you have a YouTube channel? We do have a YouTube channel. I'm not sure how many videos we have on there right now. I want to say probably 50 or 60. And um, those are sometimes just for fun and sometimes educational. So we've had staff members uh, do a video like on how to trim your dog's toenails because that's an ongoing issue for a lot of people. I hate trimming my dog's toenails. (laughs) I hate trimming mine too. (laughs) Uh, I've done one on cold weather walking with your dog because that's a big safety thing especially in minnesota yes exactly and um when it gets below 10 degrees if your dog isn't a northern breed like a husky or a malamute they really need to have uh 
paw protection and sometimes things like sweaters, depending on what kind of hair coat they have. Mm -hmm. I have this little uh, schnauzer Pomeranian mix who has a very thin hair coat and is freezing when it's below 30. So she hates wearing sweaters, but she has to wear them when it gets really cold. And so we have a video on that. Um, We have videos too that we've created just to celebrate different holidays. We did one for Father's Day and it focuses on um, pet dads, you know, so it's um, for dads of of cats and dogs and things like that. And so that's fun too. And we use a program actually called Promo. And um, it's it's kind of like Canva in that it's very, very user-friendly and it allows you to drop in different clips and make these really professional-looking videos. That's and awesome. um, yeah, I've enjoyed using it. I really like that creative side of my job. Um, I'm kind of an artist wannabe. And so when I get to create content um, that's visual like that, I have a lot of fun. I haven't explored promo at all, but I know, I know it's I've seen ads and stuff for it with the text and stuff that you can add. It's yes. perfect for social media videos. It Just really perfect. is. Yeah. Um, they're about three minutes in length and they have literally millions of video clips. So we go in there and we search, you know, if we're doing a video for Valentine's Day, maybe we're doing toxins that your pet can encounter on Valentine's Day. So we search um, pictures of lilies or we'll search your chocolate and they'll have all these amazing little 15 second clips and you just drop them in this video and then place the text wherever you want it put your logo at the end and you're set and it looks amazing and then do you have to pay for that program or is it free? you do yes okay. yes they have different levels of plans Got that it. you can do and um so unlike canva they don't have a free option gotcha. but it has been well worth the money we've spent on it have you done any um, advertising, like TrueView YouTube advertising? Or we anything? have. Yep, we've done TrueView, and um, and then we do traditional things as well, um, like radio and television, and we've done some streaming um, things and so banner ads and all that. Is that more just awareness stuff? It is. Because you were talking about that with yep. Facebook ads, like what do you promote? Yeah. Exactly. For us, uh, again, we have a really strong brand, and so it's about brand awareness and just letting people know that we're here and so that when they do have an incident with their pet, that we're the first ones that they think of. Yeah. Um, is there anything coming up in the future of with your brand that you can tell us about and share with us? Oh, that's an excellent question. Let's see. <laughs> like a lot of things yeah. probably. Any other partnerships like with the zoo? Or? Well, that's the biggest one and yeah. that's, that's really exciting for us. And, um, and as that grows and develops, we're excited excited to see where that goes. And again, so we we add specialists every so often, add a new specialty, and that's really fun for us. Um, and so the newest one is going to be the avian exotics medicine that's happening in July. And um, like I said, those are animals that we've always seen, but this is going to be somebody who has expertise in them. And he'll be here um, both to support family vets. Um, in a variety of ways, as well as our clients. So for example, you know, if you have a regular vet and you have a dog and you have a rabbit, your regular vet might see your dog and be very comfortable with that. Mm -hmm. And you want him to see your rabbit because you want a one-stop shop, Mm -hmm. but he might be less comfortable with that. Um, So he might be seeing your rabbit just for wellness checkups, but when your rabbit gets sick, he might feel a little bit in over his head. Mm -hmm. And so um, our doctor is Dr. Andrew Bean, and he'll be able to support the family vets in that way. He also, because he's going to be a specialist, will be able to support family vets who do see these exotics and know a lot about them. Um, and he'll be able to do anesthesia on them, which not all vets are comfortable with. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, that advanced imaging like CT and MRI and things like that. So that's really the biggest thing that's happening this summer is, is ad- adding Dr. Bean. 
And then will there be anything that you're doing on social media promoting that? Yeah, we've already started. And uh, again, that's really fun because we get to you know, put up these pictures and content of animals that we mm-hmm. don't necessarily focus on on a daily basis. And we've gotten some really good engagement from people who have things like snakes and hedgehogs and rabbits, and they're really excited for him to come and, and work for us. Awesome. Love it. Uh, is there anything that you have been like, that you'd give advice for someone who's maybe has a business and they're starting to get into social media, any tips or tricks for just kind of jumping in and getting started with it? Yeah, I think... I think the the, peop, the the problem that I see or the, the, the mistake I sometimes see people making is um, to try to do everything all at once. And so it's good to know your audience and, and try to determine what social media channel they're on the most. Sure. So find that out if you survey them or however you can get that information. And then concentrate on that one thing until it's up and running really well we post really frequently and um i mean when you do the math on how often you're appearing in people's news feeds if it's not paid content it's not very often and so on facebook we're posting three or four times every day and i feel like that gives us better odds of showing up more frequently and so there's you know there's veterinary clinics who are on Facebook, but they're maybe posting once every ten days, and it's just it's not going to go anywhere. Mm-hmm. Facebook may be free, but we all know that we spend a lot of time creating that content, feeding and the so, beast, exactly, <laughs> exactly. And and you know veterinarians are busy, and they're usually they have a staff member who's not typically dedicated to this, trying to do this on the side. And so I always think if you're going to be on a social media channel, make sure that that investment of time for that staff person is worthwhile and provide again, a lot of content, um, which is, you know, sometimes going to be patient photos. It's going to be educational. And, um, it really, you know, there's a lot of evergreen content out there probably for everybody, but especially for veterinary medicine, because pet health doesn't change that dramatically. Mm -hmm. And these things that they're poisonous to them are always going to be poisonous to them. (laughs) So, you know, we'll re we'll reuse some of our content too. Um, But yeah, I think it's just pick that one thing and then really saturate it and do it really well. And don't feel like you have to be everywhere. Thanks so much for being on today. This was great. Thank you. This was really fun. Ah. Um, all the links we talked about in today's podcast will be in the show notes at socialfeedpodcast.com slash EP92. Make sure to subscribe to the Social Feed Podcast with Apple Podcasts or your favorite podcast player to get a brand new episode delivered right to you every Wednesday. Thank you for listening. We'll be back next week. The Social Feed is a production of Hubbard Interactive with music provided by Minneapolis-based artist John Atwell. This episode is sponsored by Popcorn. Throwing a party and looking for a unique and delicious tasty treat? Weddings, company parties, corporate thank you gifts, whatever the occasion, Popcorn has a perfect complement to your event. Over 70 flavors to choose from. Call or go online to order. Popcornmn.com.